I had this, you know, ideal image in my head of how I was supposed to show up, of how I was also supposed to look, mm-hmm. you know, from a physical appearance standpoint. Um, and, you know, I, I had to do a lot of work on me before, you know, things actually kind of clicked and started working, you know, and that started yeah. with, you need to get through this eating disorder. Yeah. And that really meant, let's go back. You got to go way back to see where this started from, because the eating disorder come to find is really a symptom mm-hmm. of my trauma. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the, the eating disorder was a way for me to, control the uh, chaos that was going on, you know, in my environment. It was a way of me controlling or staying, I guess, in my physical body. I don't want to say that I was present. I was very much detached and uh, dissociated from my, you know, my conscious self for a number of years. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was really a nice way for me to kind of get back into, you know, who is Holly at her core and who does she want to be? And that meant I had to tackle a lot of big demons (laughs) to kind of come out the other side and Um, and feel like, you know, things are really, really good now. This is The Roxanne Show. Get ready. It's time to rise. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of The Roxanne Show. Today's guest is Holly Baxter. Holly's a renowned dietitian, a science educator, author, speaker, coach, athlete, and co-founder and director of several health and fitness businesses. She is an absolute badass. You're going to love this episode. You know, most people pick her brain on all things nutrition, um, exercise, science, and this episode, I really wanted to dive into her inner world, her backstory, and leave another episode with her for all of that other stuff because you can search Holly and get all of that information. And I actually really recommend that you do that. If you don't follow her on Instagram, trust me, you're going to want to do that. She's so full of incredible evidence-based knowledge. But I think it's also so important to share the inner workings of an individual like her who has created so much for herself in life and is impacting the world in so, so many ways. Um, And just hearing her journey about like self-love and, you know, authenticity, the hardships that she's had to face, I think really is going to just hit your hearts powerfully and um, give you another perspective around Holly if you already know her or if you don't know her that I think will only add to the brilliance that she is where most people see her and know her for you know her as the educator the athlete the speaker um so yeah it's a real behind the scenes into this beautiful queen Holly Baxter and I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this please let us know what you think share this episode tag us on social subscribe to the podcast already if you haven't now enjoy the episode So Holly, thank you so much. I've been so looking forward to having this time here with you. Um, You know, you are just an incredible, just plethora of of really valuable information, you know, science-based, evidence-based research, everything, biology, physiology. I mean, but I was just saying to you that one of the reasons why I'm so excited to talk to you, yes, to all of that, but it's really your mindset. To me, you are such a powerful, authentic representation of an empowered woman. And you have this, your delivery really gets to me because 
there's always strength exuded from you and you definitely know your shit. You're literally one of the leaders truly. And that's not just my perspective. Like I, anybody who's paying attention to anything, you know, quality evidence-based with science and, you know, biology, physiology, all this stuff will agree that you are a leader in this zone. What I love so much is that you show up, you have all of this information, experience, education, but your delivery is so beautiful. You kind of, to me, and I hope you take this as a compliment because to me it is, you have this like Olivia Newton-John just radiance to you. <laughs> I love it so much because in my, my perspective is like a strong woman is, you know, anything that she wants to be truly. Authenticity to me is number one. And that is so palpable with you. But it's, it's this, it's beautiful grace that's always coming off of you. So I, I want to talk so deeply about the inner workings of Holly Baxter, and then we'll move outward into, you know, other aspects of all the, all the things that you talk about. So thank you. <laughs> well, thank you. That was a really lovely introduction. You know, thank it's you. so funny. You said, um, you know, you see me as this kind of strong, um, you know, powerful, uh, woman, mm-hmm. which is, which I think, yes, I would agree. But I think that there's such a stigma about that. It's it's almost like, you know, you expect of a woman like that, well, then they must not be this softer, kind, you know, empathetic, you know, giving, compassionate woman underneath, you know. But I think they can coexist. And for the longest time, even I don't think I believed that those things could con- consist together mm. uh, or exist together rather. Yeah. Um, it was like they, these things were mutually exclusive. And I think, you know, speaking to that uh, idea of authenticity, mm-hmm. um, I was denying so much of myself um, when I first got into, you know, this space, the, you know, evidence-based, you know, dietetics, nutrition, exercise science. Yeah. Um, so it's been a wonderful journey for me, I think, kind of coming through everything, um, overcoming a lot of things, mm-hmm. and then realizing that they don't have to exist in isolation of each other. They can exist together. And now I finally, just in the last couple of years, have started to kind of find my feet um, and I've stopped trying to be, you know, like somebody else. I've stopped trying to, you know, compare myself to anybody else because I truly do think that for all of us, we all show up a little different. And it's so important to embrace those, you know, individual things about you. Um, and, you know, I think that's why I now feel like I'm my most happy, content self because I'm finally doing the things that you know, I want to do and it feels right for me, not for somebody else. <laughs> I love that. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it really speaks to why I I really receive you as a very magnetic woman. I think that when you are truly integrated and operating from your authentic self, this is where your magnetism is so powerful. I want to ask you, you said you were denying yourself. Was that, what did that look like for you? What did that feel like? How was that showing up for you? Mm-hmm. So I think for the longest time and all throughout my you know childhood into early adolescence, even in my mid to late 20s, I had this idea that, you know, if I was going to be uh, taken seriously or if I was going to be, you know, successful in my career, 
um, then I couldn't show any weakness. Mm. Um, you know, if if you are, you know, strong and, you know, you're going to be successful, then you you need to kind of, it was almost like I they told myself that I had to be strong and, you know, unbreakable all the time. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> that's just so untrue. <laughs> um, I, I think, you know, when I, when I denied myself of, you know, those true emotions and when I didn't allow myself to, you know, embrace, you know, the, the girly part of me still, you know, because as somebody that's come through with a very academic, you know, science background, mm-hmm. you know, to be taken seriously, I think I had this belief or mindset that, you know, that's the only way that you can be, you know, you have to always portray yourself this way if you want to be taken seriously. And if you want to have a good career, yeah. um, particularly because, you know, it's such a male dominant industry, at least mm-hmm. in that the science space. Sure. So, you know, as a female coming through, I kind of felt like I had to have this persona and I was denying, you know, a big part of myself. And I think some of that was inherently um, through the way that I was raised, you know, mm-hmm. I was told, you know, you need to um, you know, don't use your looks or your appearances to to gain um, favor, and you should, you know, don't um, you shouldn't be, you know, all about your physical appearance. You know, you have to just, you know, pretend like that part doesn't exist. It was like almost body avoidance, like yeah. persona avoidance, um, because otherwise you're vain or you know you're um, you're too feminine, and then that's not strong or you know powerful. So. Um, yeah, I think, you know, those were some of the things that I really denied myself of being. And I think once I believed that, you know, you can still be educated, you can be, um, you know, intelligent, you can still be funny, you can still have a personality, God help it if we all take a joke every now and then. Um, And, you know, you can still be feminine, like, cool, I occasionally like to do my makeup. And for so long, I never would, you know, want to put selfies or pictures up. I'm like, you know what, that's just kind of part of being a girl, you know, we like different stuff. So, you know, I don't have to keep trying to be a dude on social media. If I want to put something pretty up, I'm going to put it up. So, yeah, I'm like, it doesn't mean that you can't be these things. And I think women, especially, we just have extra talent. I honestly, I'm sorry to the dudes that are listening to this who they are. Um, But I got to say, I think women can be just as smart. And I think we also have these other creative gems built into us that men maybe don't possess. So we're kind of cool. I fully agree with you. We are really cool. And I think that there's so much more power when, you know, everybody has masculine and feminine energies within us. Right. And I always, it's a big part of the conversation with me. Um, I believe that we are most powerful when, when these two energies are operating in harmony. And Mm -hmm. so it, it feels like part of your journey in this particular area of conversation right now is that you, you were almost operating in like a hyper-masculine state, which by the way, is so, so, um, common for a a lot of women, especially driven women. I mean, I know I had that, you know, in certain aspects of, of my life as well, However, you know, that in society, you know, like straight up, you know, it's, it's, I mean, even if you look at the way scheduling is and just the way that we're the hustle culture, it's like, do, do, do. And so I, you know, I often, my framework around it is the heart is the being, it's the feminine, the mind is the doing, and it's the masculine. And Mm -hmm. we cannot always be in the doing because then we depart from the being. So it Mm -hmm. feels like to me that you you got to a place, uh, and I actually want to tease that out a little bit more, but you got to a place within yourself where you're like, no, I'm, I'm going to actually, I'm going to integrate more of the being than I actually am. And I can still 
do my powerful doing. And in fact, probably even show up more powerful in that way, because now you're fully, you're whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's been, uh, it's been really, really beneficial, I think, for me to kind of step back and um, get in tune with myself. Because like I said, I think, and for a lot of us, we tend to deny ourselves the opportunity to reflect and really get present and, you know, listen to who you are in your heart. And uh, that that was the biggest change for me, I think. Um, you know, I had the desire to find my happiness because yeah. for the longest time, I felt like I was just chasing this endless, you know, unfulfilling, you know, career path. And I, I really had to get in tune with myself to kind of find out, well, what, what's missing from this? Why don't I feel fulfilled? You know, why am I unhappy? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there were a lot of other, you know, competing circumstances, I think, that we can probably talk about a little bit today yeah, um, with regards to my eating disorder yes. and some trauma from my, you know, teen years yes. and adolescence. So, you know, those things were making it even more challenging because, I had this, you know, ideal image in my head of how I was supposed to show up, of how I was also supposed to look, mm-hmm. you know, from a physical appearance standpoint. Um, and, you know, I, I had to do a lot of work on me before, you know, things actually kind of clicked and started working, you know, and that started yeah. with, you need to get through this eating disorder. Yeah. And that really meant, let's go back. You got to go way back to see where this started from, because the eating disorder come to find is really a symptom mm-hmm. of my trauma. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the, the eating disorder was a way for me to, control the uh, chaos that was going on, you know, in my environment. It was a way of me controlling or staying, I guess, in my physical body. I don't want to say that I was present. I was very much detached and uh, dissociated from my, you know, my conscious self for a number of years. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was really a nice way for me to kind of get back into, you know, who is Holly at her core and who does she want to be? And that meant I had to tackle a lot of big demons (laughs) to kind of come out the other side and um, and feel like, you know, things are really, really good now. <laughs> I love that. And I, you know, there's, I, I know a lot of women in my community um, have addressed, you know, having eating disorders and essentially like, it's almost like you, you get through it, but you're never fully recovered. It's almost like something that you ca- have to constantly kind of monitor mm-hmm. or be aware of. And I know with you, um, you, I mean, you had it pretty severely. There was like bulimia, anorexia, What was that point for you where, what was like the bottom line point where you started to, where you decided like, okay, no more, I gotta, I gotta turn this around. Yeah, honestly, I remember very clearly, I started writing a book about this, um, but there was a particular moment, I think I was going through some challenges in my marriage. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had actually, um, you know, started living separately just for a little while to get myself back on track. I knew that if I was going to, you know, make things work in a relationship sense, I needed to do the work on me as well. Uh, And it was difficult to do that with so many things kind of going on and out in our lives, like in a business sense and our family. So I, I had just done, it was probably three years of back-to-back competitions. Mm. And I was one morning, I guess I had, you know, been and done a workout. I'd come home and I just found myself gorging myself on, you know, something absolutely silly in in my my pantry. It wasn't like a, you know, big dessert or, you know, a whole bag of, you know, 
candy or anything. Great, yeah. it was, I just had like, I don't know, six bowls of cereal, just like a <laughs> silly amount of cereal. Everybody knows about the cereal addiction. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. I mean, I can laugh at all this now, but my gosh, yeah. I remember, you know, shortly after that and I felt, you know, just physically so uncomfortable and, you know, it just made me really upset because I was like, you know, I've just gone to work so hard. I did have a really good training session. Mm-hmm. You know, what is wrong with me is kind of what I found myself saying. It's like, when is this eating disorder going to leave me? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I proceeded to purge. I remember sitting on the bathroom floor and I just had tears just rolling down my eyes and my face. And I, I remember just thinking like, will I ever be free of this? Like, mm-hmm. will I ever not have this disorder? And I just remember then like that day, I was like, that's it. I am never going to let myself purge again. So you have to wear the consequences of your, you know, eating decisions. And when I started, when, when that became an off limits, there's no compensation in this method anymore. Mm. And I never did. I never did it once after that time. So I went through a period where I did gain a lot of weight, Mm -hmm. but I would not let myself um, purge as a means of compensating. So that was like step number one. I set a really hard boundary with myself. Mm. Um, and then I think that forced me to get real with my feelings. It was what's driving me to eat right now. Is this an environmental cue? Is it a biological cue? Is it a social cue? Is it, um, you know, an emotional cue? So I had to really think about those four things. Like why? Sometimes it was physiological hunger sure, because, you know, I was dieting and competing and yeah, exactly. kind of that's something that happens pretty chronically yeah, when, totally. you're, when you're a competitor. Um, but then other times, you know, it would be very much emotional. It was something, you know, triggered a sad emotion or I was unhappy or I felt unheard or I felt disrespected. And it was kind yes. of chronic. It was always an emotional thing. And then I started having to look at my lifestyle, Mm -hmm. you know, what, what's going on in my circle of friends, you know, my relationships, um, you know, my career, like who are the people that are influencing these, these emotions. And that was when a lot of things had to change. Yes. So yeah, I, I started working through the emotional eating and was able to identify what triggers were contributing to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, for a long time, I oscillated weight. I think I went up by like 20 pounds in one period. Um, but you know, I think every time I spoke to my therapist and I did work with a professional for like, I, I'm, I'm still working with her. I've been with mm-hmm. her four years now, Amazing. Um, but it was like weekly and that's yeah. what it took. And then it wasn't just that one session. It was, you know, I have every single book I could get my hands on, every single audible, every single podcast that I could, you know, listen to in my free time about, you know, how do I, how do I change my life? How do I become, you know, this positive, happy person? Mm. How do I free myself of this feeling that I have to be perfect all the time? How do I have to free myself of the feeling of, you know, inferiority? How do I stop comparing? So yes, it was so intentional. And, you know, with that frequent, consistent effort, that's kind of when things started to turn and it, it took a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we all still keep learning. It's like sure. you just get better at regulating your emotions. So mm. it's not like I don't see, you know, a beautiful woman and I'm just like, oh my God, she's amazing. And then like, you don't, it's not like I don't have a bad thought, like, oh, I'm so crappy. You know, <laughs> I still have those thoughts. Like, you know, I might feel inferior. I'm like, God dang, she's beautiful. <laughs> but, you know, I don't, uh, I don't let it like 
affect me the way that yeah. it used to. You know, yeah. it's, I'm, I still go to the gym. I'm still, you know, in my off season and I'm not the fittest person in the gym. And I'm just like, yeah, that's okay. That's okay. I know I can do that. I'm choosing not to because I value these other things in my life just as much as my physical appearance or my health. Yes. So, you know, I think we just, we all get better at, you know, adapting and modifying our um, perception of different things. Yes. And that change, by gosh, it's hard, but it's so worth it. <laughs> oh, it's so worth it. I thank you for sharing all that. And two things that I'm going to kind of point out there that are also two big conversations that I'm always having, and I'd love for you to just even elaborate on more. But, you know, I heard a strong sense of self-awareness kicked in. And I think that without self, self-awareness is the greatest agent for change. Clearly mm-hmm. you just, you know, validated that. The mm-hmm. other piece was self-love. And self-love for me personally is, you know, it's just kind of how I frame it. It's like this cup and it holds your self-honesty, self-compassion, self-respect, um, self, um, self-worth, you know? So self-love is like, I call her mm-hmm. the queen of battle, right? Cause she's going to, she's going to position you. She is going to position you to do some really hard shit, you know, but it's mm-hmm. things that you need to do to continuously ascend into the highest expression of yourself. And I feel like when you were on that floor, you know, and you're crying, it's like that self-love kicked in like, Hey, we, we, this is it. And then carried you through the room, you know, your, your journey to, to, to heal. Mm -hmm. So can you talk about just the importance of self-love from your perspective and what that even looks like for you and, and really like how it shows up for you, even in your life every day now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think one of the things that, you know, stood out to me, um, at the time, and I, I don't know where the thought came from, but, um, I think someone had been talking to me about, you know, this healing journey and I just started attending church actually. So I grew up, um, uh, I guess agnostic. So I, that's basically for anyone that doesn't know about that, it's somebody that's not really against religion, but also not for, mm-hmm. and that was largely just because of the environment that I lived in. You know, I didn't have any f- church going friends. There weren't really a lot of Christianity, mm-hmm. you know, in my community. So I didn't have any mentors like that, um, kind of helping me guide, you know, or be led towards like, what is right? What is the truth? You know, how to, how to conduct yourself (laughs) as a good, (laughs) kind, humble being. So, um, I just kind of gotten into church and I think uh, one of the messages one day was kind of around the idea that, you know, no one's coming for you. Mm. No one's going to help you. You know, you are it. So you've got to do something for yourself. No one's going to save you. You have to make those changes. And I think that was kind of the thing that boosted me to keep going. Um, and, and from there, uh, so many of the materials that I was reading about and learning was you've got to be able to change your mindset. And if we think about, you know, the neuropsychology of the brain and the neuroplasticity of our brains. Um, and I actually met, um, a phenomenal individual at a, a summit, uh, probably a couple of years ago now, uh, her name's Dr. Caroline Leaf. Um, she has a fantastic book, um, and she does, uh, studies in, uh, the area that she lives on Um, neuropsychology. And it was all about, you know, rewiring your brain. Um, She talks a lot about, um, you know, people that suffer with depression or other uh, mental health conditions. um, And, you know, using her approach, um, you know, over 60 days, you know, people actually 
completely resolve all of their symptoms. You know, if they go and use a subjective scoring system mm -hmm. uh, for depression or for anxiety or for other mood disorders, uh, they're completely healthy again. You know, they, they, they're they no longer, you know, a clinically depressed individual. And I thought, wow, you know, if all these people in these studies can, can do this with that consistent daily effort, then why can't I? So uh, everything led to, you know, changing your mind, Holly. What are your, what are the beliefs? What are the narratives that you're telling yourself that are not serving you in a positive way? And how can you start to change that? And it'll start with some silly mantras and some affirmations, which I, at the time, I can't tell you what an idiot I felt, <laughs> you know, putting these things on my mirror and I'm writing them oh. down. And I had this list of like a hundred and I still use these with my own clients today. And I say, you know, I want you to go through and choose five off this list of, you know, a hundred, mm -hmm. which ones stand out to you, which ones resonate. And then I want you to tell me why. Mm -hmm. And I was doing that drill with myself. So, you know, it might be something about, you know, I love, I love the strength of my body. I love my intelligence. Um, I love my sense of humor, you know, or just yes. other, you know, other things like that. Something that's really positive. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I love my body exactly the way it is. Mm -hmm. So to begin with, you really feel like a fraud. <laughs> it doesn't, you don't necessarily believe it. Yeah. Um, you know, when you stand in the mirror and you don't, you see a body reflecting back at you that you perhaps don't like, yeah. um, but you tell yourself, you know, I love this body. I'm, I'm, I'm happy exactly as I am. And I didn't believe it for a long time, but I think the more I did that, um, and the more I started associating with, uh, you know, individuals and pages and groups, communities that were very much either body positivity mm -hmm. or at least body neutral. Yeah. So there's, I guess the space of body neutrality, um, it all started to kind of sink in. You know, when I started seeing these other women being compassionate for themselves yeah. and, you know, giving themselves some slack and mm -hmm. here's me over here, the perfectionist, you know, OCD, <laughs> everything's got to be perfect all the time. And I, I had that standard of myself in every way you possibly could. Uh, like I had to be doing it all the best. And then I felt terrible if I couldn't. And when you hear somebody else that you respect uh, kind of saying, you know what, I had to cut myself some slack or I had to give myself a break. Yes. Um, and I realized I can't do it all. I'm starting to think to myself as I'm hearing these people say it, I'm like, well, maybe that, maybe I should adopt a little bit more of a softer approach for me too. Cause mm -hmm. you know, would I treat somebody else the way that I treat myself? And, right. you know, we use that in our, in our practice, you know, you mm -hmm. say, well, would you say that to your friend? Mm -hmm. And usually your client responds with, well, no. And I'm like, okay, so why do you think that you should speak that way to yourself? Yes. So, you so know, good. it's, it's such a, you know, that inner dialogue is so critical to, you know, how you show up in the day. Yes. Um, and, Honestly, every day I try to listen to something, read something. I mean, I have this cute little calendar right now on my desk and every day it gives me a little quote. And today it is, there comes a time when you have to choose between turning the page and closing a book. So like, you know, I, you can just take little things every day that can move you in that positive direction. Yes. And all of a sudden you're, you're just radiating. <laughs> I love it. No, I, you know, I, so I've been a writer my whole life and I often speak about my kind of poetic way of saying it is that words cast spells. 
Mm. And because words are actually an energetic frequency. So the inaudible and the audible are actually giving an experience. So it makes perfect sense. It's actually very logical to me, throwing something kind of spiritual into logical, but no, it's, it's really, it's like a vibrational experience. If you, I mean, there was a a study that was done on, on water. Are, Are you familiar with that one with the, the water droplets and, you know, um, God, I forget the scientist name, Japanese scientist, but they basically um, were speaking differently to the water. And some mm-hmm. of the water was being spoken to really aggressively and, you know, mm-hmm. disempowering and mean and, you know, mm-hmm. others with love and, you know, high vibrational. And mm-hmm. under the microscope, you can see the difference of how the water, like mm-hmm. some would come out, the crystals like super beautiful and others just... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really interesting. So, oh, that's so interesting. It's huh? so, it's so. I know I'm putting it, and I'm writing my first book right now, and it's it's going into into the book because I, I speak about the power of words. But mm-hmm. I love, I love that you, you know, I love what you shared because I do. I personally feel the value in that, and I think I also think that everything is really just information, right? We can talk. I mean, sun is information, food's information, mm-hmm. what you're reading is information, and it's it's informing a lot about you know, uh, us a lot about like ourselves, you know, and, and, and so I feel that, you know, what you shared there as well was like, there was a big kind of self-identity shift that took place, which essentially is like the relationship that you had with yourself. And so you moved out of this perfectionist, you know, mentality. And even, um, it sounds like you moved from a place where you were, rejecting yourself in a lot of ways. And then, you know, pivoting that into more compassion, which I actually call a fucking high performance tool because it allows you to be a fucking human, (laughs) you know, but I like to integrate the high performance in that because a lot of people can hear compassion and like, Oh, it's like, I'm going to baby. It's like, no, it, it doesn't mean that. It just means like I can accept me in this moment so that I can move on from this moment, maybe learn from it or something. So it sounds like you really, really like you metabolized all of this very powerfully. <laughs> and that's the thing, Holly. That's why, you know, again, for anybody, because we have limited time here right now, but I'm, I'm so like, I manifested. I'm like, we have so many more conversations to have. <laughs> but, you know, you, you're from your IG content to your YouTube. I mean, at any time you're really speaking, you were such a, an an incredible source of information, reliable information on all things, you know, related to exercise, um, science, biology, body composition, all this. I just, I feel that this other piece that we're talking about even makes you more just powerful. And it it leads me to, to this area that I I really want to talk to you about, which is, uh, when you, when you started, um, your, your business, Holly Baxter LLC, which is really focused on, on women and coaching, right. To me, I, I feel like, Ooh, she stepped, this is just my language, but she stepped (laughs) into like her sacred purpose. Cause I feel like, can you talk about that? Yeah, so (laughs) I am so happy that I have this all-female team. I think, so if I go back to like my very first job, Mm -hmm. there has not been a point in my career where I've not been, uh, I guess, an employee 
are all working for somebody that is a male. Mm-hmm. And now that's okay. I have no issues with dudes. In fact, I probably get on with men better at the moment than I do with women <laughs> in some cases because of that, you know, powerful, you know, I'm happy to have hard conversations yes. and I am very direct, but I also have this other nice like soft marshmallow side too. <laughs> but I I just as somebody that has been in this position where I know my strengths, I know my talents, I know what I'm good at, yes. um, but then not really being able to fully explore those because of the male dominant industries that I've worked in, mm-hmm. I just feel like there was so much on the table that I wasn't able to give in many different p- positions in my career. Um, and then just having um, a different focus for females where the previous companies that I've worked for, it has not been the focus. It was very, you know, very masculine, very, you know, hard-headed, do or die, you know, um, no days off. Yeah. And sure, I can jump on that bandwagon mm-hmm. every now and then, yeah. but it really was missing a core element of me, which was this feminine, mm-hmm. um, you know, empowered, uh, a creative being. So I now have this team of women whom I absolutely love. I feel like I've finally been able to connect with like-minded individuals who share in a united goal. Our purpose for all of us is to be able to educate and inspire and to, you know, bring together females and allow them to flourish and to live them their best self. Uh, and often that means we've got to do the work on their physical body, mm-hmm. you know, through their movement, obviously through our exercise, you know, science program, we have our chiropractors and physical therapists and all the mm-hmm. good stuff. And then there's the nutrition element. So we have our dietitians. That's obviously my background is mm-hmm. dietetics. Um, so there's this food component. And then there's this other piece that I think had been missing for such a long time. And that is the psychology, the mindset, your, in your spiritual being. Mm-hmm. And I have really struggled to find at least one individual that kind of encompasses all of that. Mm-hmm. Now, I've got my favorite psychologists that I follow. I mm-hmm. think uh, Dr. Nicole LaPera yeah. is one of my favorites. Yes. Um, you know, and there's mm-hmm. a host of them. Um, you know, we've got the uh, the Kite sisters, Lindsay uh, and Lexi Kite. They'll be speaking at a, a seminar that we've, we're holding in a couple of months' time. Mm-hmm. So I've got these people that I aspire to, but there's no one that really does it all together. And I've just been sitting here looking at, you know, here are my experiences. And I know there's plenty of women that have had and suffered with similar things to me in their lifetime. Mm -hmm. And I know what it's taken for me to get from this horrible, uncomfortable, unhappy place to get to where I am now. And I know what it took and it needs all of those things together. So yeah, this all female team encompasses all of that. Um, we really are trying to bridge the gap between, you know, exercise and nutrition science mm-hmm. and then the amazing science that's being done over here, uh, you know, on the psychology, psychology front, because I, as the expert in nutrition and exercise can tell you exactly what you need to do to achieve your body composition goals. Right. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you how to do it in the most effective yeah. way, but also a safe and efficacious way. So I sleep at night. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I want women to have a healthy, robust metabolism, yes. but I also want them to thrive in their, the rest of their lives too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, often it's the behaviors, the habits that we have that are impeding our ability to execute what I'm telling you. So, so much what of what we do now, I think is trying to help bridge the gap uh, between those two things. And it's usually habit change. Yes. <laughs> and it is, it's so hard. And I can't tell you the number of times I've sat, sent to the same client, 
Can you send me your new calendar with your schedule for when you're going to be doing your training sessions? Yeah. Can you, you know, show me where you've put some time down to to do this new habit? And mm-hmm. then they just don't do it. And I'll just keep harping and harping. And then three or four weeks later, they're like, oh, I did it. Oh my God, why didn't I think of this before? How easy, you know? <laughs> and it, it's just that, you know, you've got a squeaky wheel and we're mm-hmm. trying to apply, you know, three different areas of expertise to one. And it's a beautiful thing when I think, you know, that all comes together. And we haven't even touched on the spiritual side, but I think, you know, there's that element as well, which I think um, really solidified like my purpose on this planet. I've been journaling my entire life and it's helped me to develop the most empowered, loving and trusted relationship with myself. Journaling is a powerful tool that helps you to gain more self-love and self-confidence. It can help you get unstuck when you need clarity the most and it helps you to powerfully move through any and all of your life challenges. It's a pathway to manifesting your biggest desires in life while creating an unbreakable relationship with your authentic self. I created You Are The Path, a guided and illustrated journal to help you gain all of this in your own life. In this seven by 10 mystical journal, you get a personal introduction and final thoughts message from me, seven guided and illustrated sections with line pages and five thought-provoking journal prompts, seven empowering quotes from me. You get one freestyle creative section full of blank pages for drawing and sketching, and you get the beautiful artwork designed by talented artist Emerald Patchett. There are 120 pages of pure possibilities waiting for you in this journal. You Are The Path was born to help you create, discover, and illuminate the path that is you. <laughs> I lo- no, I, I mean, that's why I, I framed it as your sacred purpose because I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> spirituality over here always, and and I and the reason I mean, I can speak to it as well. I I I just love your holistic approach because I I really think that that's the way. In my own journey, just to bullet point, you know, I'm 44. I'll be 45 in in two weeks. Really excited about that. You know, I. I, I'm a mesomorph. I have three brothers. I'm the older sister. I was a track competitor, you know, growing up until I started surfing. And then I didn't care about anything else. (laughs) It changed everything. But, um, when I was 16 or 17, um, in Taekwondo, I I blew out my knee and it resulted in three back-to-back knee surgeries that were pretty gnarly. And at the time I was eating the American diet. I had like an eight pack. I I didn't have to think about anything because it was just kind of my, you know, so I didn't have any knowledge or science or anything but fast forward, I would, I would end up putting on weight and I would have, the, yeah, this is like on top of the muscle. And so I was like, whoa, like who the fuck am I? And it would be the catalyst to help me discover one of the greatest passions, which is like, I'm a total science geek, neuroscience, biology, and, and all of this, but there was so much pain to try and figure out how to get back into, you know, my optimal body composition. Now, my brothers who were competitors um, and just athletes like were like lift weights, eat more protein. (laughs) I was like, it's pretty good advice. I mean, (laughs) I mean, I say it now and it's like I have no problem, but I, I, you know, I had so much fucking resistance because also it's important to say this, like, again, my age, I grew up and I worked prior my prior career. I was a celebrity makeup artist and fashion and entertainment, like having shoulders, nah, I stood out, you know what I mean? And like, so it's like, 
strong wasn't beautiful then. And I felt like, no, I don't want to get bulky. I So the reason why I'm even sharing this and how it really um, relates to everything that you were, or a big piece of what you were talking about is I had to really switch the mindset piece before everything. And I tried everything, like mm-hmm. everything shit you're not supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? But, you know, it was part of the journey. And that's why I can <laughs> speak to things very authentically now. But when I shifted the mindset and I was like, okay, fuck this. I'm going to start, I'm going to listen. And I'm going to, cause I, I had learned a lot already, but that was like the big piece. So I start, I stopped doing the excessive cardio and I started picking up weights and eating more protein. Um, I actually did my first comprehensive blood labs. This is years ago already, but um, this is before my doctor is Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, also one of my best friends. So I found out that I was anemic, um, but didn't know. And so I started eating meat. I wasn't eating meat for 15 years. Just sharing all this because the the, the, the yes, lifting weights and all the stuff on the external was important and actually did make a massive difference in everything, body composition, but it was the behavior. It was first the belief that then affected the behavior that then shaped the habits differently. So I think what you and your team are doing is essential. It is the piece to, to really help women thrive from an internal and external perspective in their life. Yeah, I think, you know, embracing what is different about you is something that I really live so strongly by, you know, I, and it doesn't mean that, you know, I said this before, you I'll be scrolling on Instagram, which is actually a lot less these days, but you know, (laughs) something will come up and, you know, I just have to catch myself. And again, it's that self-awareness that, you know, kind of getting present with you to hear what you are saying and what that dialogue is doing to you. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, now I can kind of catch myself and be like, you know, that's cool. Like, let them be that. They're probably not doing what I do over here, you know, reading some science papers and, you know, doing probably something that's very boring to them. So, you know, I think it's so important to embrace like your uniqueness, um, you know, and accept those differences rather than criticize and judge, you know, and get curious because Mm -hmm. I always say like, you know, rather than coming to, uh, you know, a discussion when you've had this kind of critical voice, like, you know, be curious about that, you know, ask yourself questions. Why do I think this about me? Or why do I, you know, have such a strong holding for, you know, this thing over here? Mm -hmm. Um, And you kind of have to kind of keep breaking that down and peeling back that onion until you find like, what's the why behind this? And sometimes there isn't even anything good. And I've had to realign and reassess all of my values Mm. um, because I realized that, there's so much more to life than your physical appearance. Yeah. Yes, it's it's some some of the things that we do that will have a byproduct of, you know, an improved or an enhanced physical appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think they they can be done for your health. Mm-hmm. So I really try to focus now more on, you know, the exercise that I do um, as how is this going to help me feel? And previously it used to be, I need to do X, Y, Z training sessions and I need to get this many steps in and I've got to eat exactly this way because I was focusing on its impact on my body composition. Yeah. And, you know, when I started to flip it around a little bit and, you know, there'd be sometimes when I would 
go to force myself to do, you know, my fifth training session for the week, or, Mm -hmm. you know, it's nine 30 at night and I would go and do my my extra 3000 steps at night that I thought I had to do, which, you know, in some cases it was, I was competing. Sure. But when I step away from that and I do, I take my breaks, I was like, why am I still making myself do these things? You know, that's actually not healthy. That's not Mm -hmm. healthy because it's going to make me stay up later. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get a good night's sleep. That's going to impact my work. It's going to make me more stressed. So, you know, I started thinking about, well, how can, what, what amount of exercise do I need to do that's good for, for me? Yeah. Um, you know, there's, I'm not saying that you shouldn't exercise. No. Or you, should, yeah. you shouldn't just stop doing all of your steps altogether. But, you know, there's, it's important to find that balance mm-hmm. for, you know, what is healthy and that allows you to, you know, live your life. Yeah. I value my friendships and I, re- I value deep connections. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like any of this superficial stuff. Like I might mm-hmm. have three friends and, you know, you can tell them everything. You are exactly who you are at all the times. You don't have to lie. You know, you can be you. Um, so I value friendships and I also value my social life. So to be a competitor yeah. and train like that and, you know, the restrictive diet, mm-hmm. I understand it for the purposes of the sport. But mm-hmm. when I'm not doing that, you bet your ass I'm going to be going out and eating and enjoying all the things. And I don't, it okay, it's not good to eat a lot of saturated fats or yes. eat in a large energy surplus all the time because mm-hmm. that can have negative health effects. And you're not going to feel good mm-hmm. if you're lugging around excess body fat um, right. to a certain point. Right. So, you know, it's about finding moderation and balance for the individual so that you can still live a healthy, happy, you know, life. Yeah. And hopefully one, um, you know, with great longevity. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I, you know, the word that comes to my mind is like, it's really vitality. Like if that's your anchoring, kind of measuring point, like what's going to keep me in my highest state of vitality. And when you think of it like that, that is a holistic Mm -hmm. perspective, right? Your social Mm -hmm. life and those connections Mm -hmm. and all of that is, is, is just as important as your sleep and your nutrition and all of that. So Mm -hmm. I, I love that. Um, you know, I, yeah, there's your, again, this is just also why I think it's such, you're in such a powerful position. And I really do believe that you're your woman really walking her purpose because, you know, you, you can speak to our everyday non-competitive woman who wants to flourish in life, but you also someone who can speak to the competitive woman and that, you know, and that's, that's important (laughs) too. And, and keep the mindset component really healthy, you know, um, with competitive women, because I know, you know, especially in in bodybuilding, like it's, I mean, you're being judged for how you look. (laughs) It's gnarly. I know, you know, my brothers, you know, they're such high level athletes. And it's like, you know, the older sister who loves them, like sometimes when I see them on stage and the judging and I'm like, (laughs) yeah, it's funny. You know, someone's a lot of people have actually said to me, so, you know, now that you've overcome your eating disorder and you seem to be kind of thriving and you are very much, you know, healthy weight at all sizes, which is very possible, by the way, you can look at, you know, an individual that might be carrying excess body fat, but Mm -hmm. if you look at their bio, like their biomarkers, their blood work, they can still be very healthy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I really am a believer of that and that there is, you know, a right balance for everybody. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if I, if I was to stay in this industry, I've been, and I have been given a little bit of criticism on this, but 
I want to stay in this industry because I want, number one, to be an advocate for, you know, the voice that isn't necessarily out there at the moment, which is you, you, you deserve to be happy. You deserve to, you know, love and value and respect yourself and, um, you know, have all of the things, um, but you don't have to be attached to the outcome. Mm. So I can still do a competition, Mm -hmm. but it's no longer my eating disorder driving those decisions anymore. It is, I can do this because it's difficult. I like a challenge. I like mm-hmm. to work hard as much as the next person to achieve a result, mm-hmm. but I'm not attached to that outcome. I can be Holly, the stage lean competitor, mm-hmm. but I also know that's really hard on my life in all these other areas. Um, and it doesn't come without sacrifice. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm still happy to step away from that and still be Holly and still be happy. <laughs> so yes. that's kind of why I want to stay in that space to, to show people that you can, you can do that sport, but just know that it's maybe there are some negative health consequences, which I talk about all the time on social media mm-hmm. um, from a physiological and psychological standpoint, yeah. but you know, it can be rewarding um, for different reasons. So it's probably not for everybody. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that's why it's so important to kind of know yourself. Like what is important to you? Yeah. Because, and sometimes the the reality is you've got to have a conversation where you've got to adjust your expectations. Yes. Um, there are some, some women out there that have, you know, three kids, maybe they're a single, single mom and they're working full time and they've got a side hustle as well. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, their expectations are, well, I'm going to sign up to you because I know that you've got all this information and all this knowledge, and I'm going to be able to be you. And my first response to them is, well, how are we going to do that? You know, you're a single mom and you've got two jobs. Let's just uh, moderate a little bit here and find like a realistic goal because I, I struggle to do that goal and I don't have three children yeah. and I'm not, <laughs> so, you know, trying to find the time, it's it's not real. So yeah, um, I think a lot of what I do is helping to manage people's expectations because I can give you the knowledge. It doesn't mean you're going to be able to execute it based on what you choose to do with your life. Right. No, that's so true. It's that reality piece that, you know, Mm. and I think then it it also gives, you know, the individual permission to, you know, also take like, I I say like inches, make the mile, you know, just make, make the small changes that compound. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. the the micro makes the macro kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so important. Yeah. And I think once people have a realistic expectation, um, it kind of allows them to be less critical Um, because you'll hear a lot of women so often say, I'm just so disappointed in myself. Why can't I stick to this? Why can't I do it? Da, 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 da. I've been working at it for five years. And when you say to them, Hey, well, here's the facts. Like, let's look at all the science. This is how much you can grow in a 12 week study intervention. Mm -hmm. Here's what we need for you to, you know, achieve the best possible outcomes from your dietary, you know, intakes it's going to take you six years <laughs> to do that. So yes. then it's almost like, ah, oh, there's this sigh of relief. Yeah. And then they finally, you know, have that level of compassion and kindness that they probably could have been giving themselves the whole time. Yeah. Um, and that allows them to stay consistent because they know what they're doing is eventually going to get them where they need, but they're now in this better place um, with their reasoning. Yeah. They stop fighting themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love it. Well, Okay. So, so like I mentioned, I, I'm truly, I'm like, I want to talk to you so much more. I, I adore you. And I think you're just, you're a true badass. And there's so much, um, about, you know, just lifting and nutrition and, and all of that, that I'd love to have another conversation with you about, but this, this conversation truly was first for us to meet and really to, to give you the space 
to speak to everything that we've spoken about, which I believe is just going to get louder and louder with you in your career. And I think there's such an important place for that in the world. So I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm really, you know, just grateful that I've been able to facilitate, you know, this conversation with you. I want to ask you just as we, we get ready to close out. I mean, what, so are you still writing a book? Uh, related I am, to yeah, I have okay. two on the go. The first one is actually going to be, uh, I guess the title is the um, Complete Exercise Guide to Muscle Hypertrophy. Uh, and then there is a, a bio, which will have elements of my history, trauma, mm-hmm. and I guess just my healing journey to overcome a 15 year long eating disorder. So amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> I, you know, I just like fun to answer. I swear when I... <laughs> Looking at your Instagram or even when I was listening to Peter's conversation with you, uh, a podcast, which by the way, everybody needs to listen to conversation with her and Peter. It's so good. But I swear I was, I was listening to Peter last night and I'm like, uh, your conversation with him. And I'm like, God, I want to go lift right now. Like you fire me (laughs) up. It's so fun. That's just like a honest insert here. Um, and also just an invitation for anybody who's not already following you and wants to learn from you, which I highly suggest because this is also important. You know, women come to me to learn, you know, they, they ask me questions all the time, everything related to training, to nutrition, Mm -hmm. to recovery. So I just want to make it clear. I learn from women like you, from individuals Mm -hmm. like you who know their shit, who I trust, because there's so much out there that you just Mm. can't trust. And, and, you know, a lot of women communicate that to me. They're like, I don't even know where to start because it's like this diet, that diet, cardio, no cardio, you know, Mm -hmm. like, yeah. And so I rely on you for, for the good. I think it's really hard as people start to kind of diversify, um, you know, what, with what they do, that's when it gets really tough. And I will say as somebody that really desires to stay in the world of academics, um, when you have a job and you're a public facing person and there's this constant demand to be on social media, um, that really does detract from the amount of time that you can spend reading and learning and stay on top of the science. So I think, you know, people are looking to follow somebody one of the key things would be number one, look at their education. Yeah. Um, obviously that means they've spent time, you know, at school, you know, specifically studying things because there will be a lot of people that you come across who look phenomenal mm-hmm. and they've got there through maybe genetics, a bit of hard work and, you know, everything just stuck. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't mean they necessarily have, um, you know, a deep understanding of why uh, and what is, what's healthy and appropriate. So yeah. education, I think is really important, but um, I know a lot of my, you know, the first people that I ever started following uh, on Instagram and Facebook, they were very much in the science space, but then you can see them kind of branch off. And now, you know, they've got clothing lines and they have, you know, training accessories and, you know, that's where their focus is and that's okay. But I think, you know, that's the type of follower that you, or, you know, the person that you're following, mm-hmm. um, that you probably aren't going to get the the level of detail from. So I know for me, I love those accounts and boy, I would love to have my own clothing line and all those fun <laughs> things, right? I still, I'm still the girl, but I, you know, I know I can't do it all. So I have really stuck to, you know, I'm, I'm not kind of there posting pretty outfits or my makeup tutorials. I am really just trying to communicate like what the scientific papers are saying in an easy to understand, an easy to understand um, format or delivery method. So you're not going to get, um, you know, a pretty dulled up me every day. You'll get oh, I don't know. I think you always look gorgeous. A few PMID <laughs> references and some graphs, but hopefully you can apply it. I think everything that I try to do is very applicable. Yes. So, you know, take this, apply it to what you do, um, you know, and there's always context. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. No. Well, I think you always look gorgeous and badass, but it is so true that you take very complex research and you distill it down to a level where, you know, people who are not well-versed in science or the language of science can Mm -hmm. comprehend it and then put it into application. And that's, I mean, that's everything. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think this new book is going to be phenomenal. It'll be probably the first of its kind as far as like an exercise guide to muscle hypertrophy. Like we tackle everything it's looking at and we use a lot of uh, I guess scientific examples mm-hmm. um, to kind of illustrate you know here's where maybe social media has gone a little bit too far this way with mm-hmm. you know, volume and muscle hypertrophy here's where you know maybe the literature has gone in the wrong direction for strength versus hypertrophy uh, and different kind of training systems so I, I really hope that that's a valuable tool to not only just the general public, but to people that are in the industry that just don't have time because I get it. Yeah. Um, So it'll be a really good resource for coaches, I think as well. Amazing. So when that book comes out, can we bring you back on and then we can dive into all of that stuff and that that's like a perfect segue for that. Yes, yes, yes. Amazing. (laughs) Okay. Well, Holly, thank you so much. Is there anything that you'd just love to insert as kind of like a closeout to this really powerful conversation that I'm so grateful to have had with you? No, it's been wonderful chatting with you. Um, Look, I'm just going to say, especially to all the females, and I'm sure there's guys out there as well, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's, there's so much to, there's so much to life. There's so much to be lived. And I think we get so, you know, focused and distracted by things that are just not that important. Um, you know, ultimately when we, you know, go to our graves, you know, what are the things that we were, we're going to think back on and it's the quality of our relationships, you know, the people in our lives and the memories and the experiences, um, and you know, your physical appearance is just such a small blip on the radar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so, you know, think about all the time that we focus on, on that. And if we didn't, what that would allow us to accomplish and to achieve Mm. and the beautiful connections and experiences that we could have. And that was a big learning lesson for me. I think, you know, my quality of life improved significantly when I finally was like, oh, I just need to let that go. I just need to let it go. I will continue to educate and do things the healthy scientific way, but I'm going to let some of that go. And it freed up all this space for so many other wonderful things. And, um, I'm a happier person for it. So I love it. I love, thank you for that. That is really powerful. And again, I'm just, I'm saying it, you are absolutely magnetic. I'm very grateful because you are such a powerful, empowering, authentic contributor. So thank you so much. And for everybody who wants to stay dialed into you, maybe learn from you coach with you and your team, where are they going? Mm -hmm. And we'll put everything in the show notes. Absolutely. Um, I kept it real easy. <laughs> My Perfect. Instagram is Holly T Baxter. It's the same on YouTube. Uh, and I guess everything is linked in uh, the description. So Perfect. you can find our website, uh, my nutrition coaching app, all of our training programs, uh, coaching team, all that good stuff. Books. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you for that, Holly. To be continued. Thanks so much for listening, you guys. Please like, subscribe, and share. And don't forget to leave us a five-star rating and review.